We're in a series called The Holy Spirit. Wonderful, not weird. And He is wonderful. And the point we are in our message on the gifts of the Spirit, we're, we've, we've been covering the 1 Corinthians 12 gifts of the Spirit, and tonight we're covering the, the last two of those, the gift of tongues and the gift of the interpretation of tongues. So let's, let's turn to 1 Corinthians 12. We're going to read 4 through 7 and then verse 10. Uh, and I'm going to touch on these, these gifts in this passage. And then I'm going to preach on specifically speaking in tongues. So 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 7. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Down to verse 10. To another is given various kinds of tongues. Say various kinds of tongues. Various kinds. To another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. When we were baptized in the Holy Spirit, we were given the gifts of the Spirit and the Holy Spirit apportions them as needed. He stirs them as needed. We have an anointing upon us that as children of God, as followers of Jesus, if we're in a situation where the Holy Spirit knows, because He is, he is incredible at strategy. There's no one been better at strategy than the Holy Spirit. He knows how to guide us into the truth of Jesus. If we're in a situation where it requires a word of knowledge, and there's a believer who is there, a yielded believer. He'll stir that gift within us so that we can... Now, we might not flow in it like 24-7, but he'll stir it. Why? Because he desires that Jesus be proclaimed as Lord in this world, in the church, to lost, to whomever. So we've been given the gift of the Holy Spirit, and we have the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I love gifts. Who doesn't love gifts? So let me touch on a word of tongues. Let me read a definition to you. The word of tongues is the ability that the Holy Spirit gives to speak in a language of men or angels not previously learned. So something we don't know. I mean, I know enough Spanish, you know, to get me in trouble. So I'm, if I try and speak a word, you know, el corazón de el Dio es para ti. You know, first they're going to laugh at me because they're like, well, you're, you know. But that's not, that's not a word of tongues because I, I kind of know some Spanish. A word of tongues is something not from a language not previously learned. So an unbeliever can hear God's message or that the church or a member of the body of Christ might be edified. Okay? So we see this gift. This gift is not just for the church. It's not just for the corporate setting of the church. Um, it's for an individual. It's for it's for the body. But it can also be used for those who don't know the Lord. And with this kind of tongue, with this kind of tongue, the word of tongues, comes the gift of what? <clears throat> the interpretation of tongues. And here's the definition of that. This is a gift given by the Holy Spirit to interpret that message. The message of someone who has spoken a word in tongues. So everyone present can have understanding. Everyone present can understand in their knowledge 
what the Spirit of God was speaking in his knowledge. So let's read 1 Corinthians 14. We're going to kind of hop around. Um, so if you're, if you're already in 12, just go two chapters more to 14. I'm going to start at verse 13, and I'm going to jump down to 16. Verse 13, Therefore one who speaks in a tongue should pray that he may interpret. Down to 16. Otherwise, if you give thanks with your spirit, how can anyone in the position of an outsider say amen to your thanksgiving when he does not know what you are saying? For you may be giving thanks well enough, but the other person is not being built up. So question, is this scriptural reference, is it in reference to something being done in the quiet of your your powerful personal prayer life? Or is this in reference to a public gathering where others are present? Public gathering, right? Because it's talking about the it's talking about if you're praying in tongues, how how can someone say amen to that? They don't know what you're praying. So this passage, when we read this in First Corinthians 14, this is in context to the public gathering. A lot of times there's confusion. They're like, well, you know, people can't speak in tongues because it always has to be interpreted. That's not so. As a matter of fact, Paul will talk about this in this chapter. We're going to be in a minute still in 1 Corinthians 14. Paul is going to talk about this. But right now in this section, he's talking about that our God is a God of order and he is not a God of confusion. And there are things that if they're done properly and in order, Jesus is proclaimed as Lord. Verse 26. What then, brothers, when you come together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Let all things be done for building up. Building up of who? Or what? In this context of his church. Okay? But also he cares that we are built up. But in this, it's the church. If any speak in a tongue, let there be only two or at most three, and each in turn. And let someone interpret. But if there's no one to interpret, let each of them keep silent in church and speak to himself and to God. And then down to verse 33, the first part of that says, For God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. So when we talk about the interpretation of tongues, let's convey this as three things. Let's convey it as what is good, what is best, and what is required. Okay? What is good, what is best, and what is required. So first of all, what is required? We see that if no one is there to interpret, then they must be quiet and not bring a word in tongues. We saw that in Scripture, right? This is this is one of those key times that I need like a nod or something. So you see, this is Scripture, see? Because if you think this is Mark up here preaching some sort of tradition that's not Scripture, then it's irrelevant. We need the Scripture. That is what's required. Someone to interpret. How is that relevant? Well, if we walk into most denominational churches, we probably shouldn't bring a word in tongues. Because there might not be someone there to interpret. Or they might try and cast a demon out of you for doing so. And I'm I'm joking and I'm serious. So what is required? Someone to interpret. What is best? Since we are talking about things that are given for the building up of the church, it is best that after someone brings a word in tongues, that they wait for the interpretation. If we're in the middle of worship and there's a word in tongues, you know what we're going to do? We're going to wait. Friends, let's just be be silent before the Lord. 
And we're going to wait. I mean, I don't have to feel weird about it. We're going to wait for the interpretation. What if the interpretation doesn't come? The Bible says that the person, that, that first passage we read, that the person who brings the word in tongues should pray and ask for the interpretation. But let's say they're like, I'm praying like a madman because, Lord, I thought you had someone in this place to give the interpretation, and I don't have it. We just move on. Because isn't God capable of giving that interpretation five minutes later in worship? Isn't God capable of giving that interpretation 20 minutes later in the message? Okay. If a word in tongues comes forth and no one has the interpretation, does it mean that that person missed the Lord in giving that word in tongues? No, because it's likely and possible that there might be someone going, Oh my gosh, Lord, you're giving me the interpretation and I'm terrified. Or willfully disobedient or whatever. Normally it's terrified. It's like, oh my gosh, my heart's doing this. Okay? But, but there's grace. And, and the body of Christ is, is edified and built up. So what's best? If you get a word in tongues, just be patient for a second. Now let me say this. If you got the interpretation of the tongue before you got the tongue, then you didn't get a word in tongue and an interpretation. What you got was a prophetic word. And just bring that prophetic word. Right? If the Lord's speaking to His church, then just speak to His church. We don't need a word and an interpretation to do it. That's what prophecy is. We get up, we encourage, we exhort, we edify. That's why that microphone is right there. That's why Christine was over there at the end of the service. The Lord was speaking to her something to build up the body. Does that make sense? So then, what is good? According to Scripture, if no one has the interpretation then the person praying should ask the Lord for the interpretation. And it's my experience that many, many, many times the Lord gives the interpretation to the person who had the word in tongues. Not always, but often. But there is a scripture we just read. It said, let someone give an interpretation. What's the context of all this with the gifts of the Spirit in this context right here of tongues and interpretation of tongues? For the what? for the building up of the church. So, why do I say required? I mean, required is pretty obvious. Why do I say best and good? Because this is for the building up of the body. If I bring that word in tongues, and then my brother over here interprets, that that allowed body interaction. Then someone's like, oh my gosh, this guy doesn't even know you know, what, what this guy was bringing that word. Wow, that's cool how God did that. Okay? So that's why we kind of do that. So if the Lord gives you a word in tongues, bring it. If you feel like he gives you the interpretation, wait a second. Because what, here's what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be worshiping right here, and there's going to be a word of tongues that comes, and then I'm going to probably just kind of turn, and I'm just going to kind of wait. And I'll probably do this right here. Just be patient. Because you know what? The Lord doesn't mind us being patient. The Lord doesn't get grieved by us waiting upon the Lord. And, and if you have the fear of, oh my gosh, I'm going to forget the interpretation, then the Lord didn't give you the interpretation because the Holy Spirit doesn't forget. So just be patient. And if there's nothing, I'm probably going to do this. You got it? That's what, that's what that means, by the way. When I raise the eyebrows and I do the point, it's like, you got it? You got it? And if you're like, okay, just wait. You got it? I'll point back. Okay, go. But we just wait on the Lord. 
And once again, the purpose is for the edification of the church. Any questions on that? And I don't often field questions. I don't, because it's so dangerous. Are there any questions on that? If there's questions, you can ask me after the service, okay? Because I, I, gave, I, gave, I gave like half a second, and that's like all you got. So that means it wasn't just bursting. So now I want to speak, I want to shift gears and talk about speaking in tongues. Not a word in tongues. Not this corporate thing. But speaking in tongues. And it's impossible for me to speak about this without, without there being some affection and some excitement. Because this is one of the most beautiful gifts that we have been given through the Holy Spirit. And I want to make three key points in doing this. Number one, it is a language. Is everyone locked in with me? This is, this is important stuff. Let's not drift. This is, this is key. And it's the last message I'm preaching before I go to South Africa. This time, you know, next week I'll be in South Africa getting ready to preach at a church out there. So this, I put a ton of prayer and heart into this. So if you're not locked in, lock, shake it off, baby, and, you know, get locked in. Here's the three points I want to make. Number one, it is a language. Tongues is a language. Number two, it is a language of the Spirit. And number three, this language of the Spirit is for everyone. And I'm not just making, you know, grandiose statements. I think we see this in the Word of God and we'll get there. So Acts chapter 2, 1 through 6. When the day of Pentecost arrived, and the word Pentecost, anyone knows what it means? Penta means five. The Acost means to the tenth power. It means 50, okay? It's 50. When the day of Pentecost arrived, They were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. Verse 5. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound, the multitude came together and they were bewildered because what? Because each one of them was hearing them speak in their own language. I don't know where the bigger bewilderment came from. I don't know where the the bigger miracle came from. Is it because people were empowered by the Holy Spirit to speak in other languages, or is it because people were hearing them in their native languages? Number one, it is a language. We speak it, God hears it. We speak it, others hear it. Some understand it, God always understands it, as does our spirit. This is a good time in my message to talk about three myths about speaking in tongues. Three myths about speaking in tongues. Number one, you start speaking it fluently immediately. Myth number one, you start speaking it fluently immediately or instantly. I love this passage I just read because it doesn't say that the disciples spoke it fluently. It says that the people heard it fluently. 
We think it's cute when kids are learning how to talk, right? I saw uh, the Freemans the other night, it's last night, at Andy and Kim's uh, Connect group, and Myra was sitting there with us, and she was just talking, and I turned to Michael, I'm like, I'm going to pray for the interpretation. And he laughed, he goes, well, let me know if you find it, because I don't know what she's saying. But it was, sure was cute. It was cute as can be. There's Myra sitting there, pausing, waiting for a retort. You know, because clearly she knows what she's saying, none of us do. It's cute, right? It's cute, and we're proud of them. Why? Man, look at her. She's trying to talk. She's trying to communicate. She's committed to the cause, man. And she does it so cute. Even if we don't understand a word that they're saying, we love that they are committed to learning, and we're so proud of them that they're trying. And guess what? Your daddy feels the exact same way. Our daddy likes it when we try. If you want to pray in a heavenly prayer language, you can. You can. But you've got to start trying. Some get it fluent right away. Most don't. Most don't. Most, it's like any learned language where you're like, "Ah, I don't know what it is. But the difference is we're not learning it from Rosetta Stone. We're learning it from the rock. We're learning it from him. Myth number two. This is a myth. Okay, Myth number two. You can't control it. Too often people think you go into a trance and you just start uncontrollably speaking in tongues. And that scares the heck out of us for this reason. One day, or no, not one day. One, the busiest day. We might be at King Super's. And tongues just breaks out. And we grab the mic and we start rattling off tongues because we can't control it, right? We can't control it. This trance has come upon us. And next thing you know, we're the idiot on the mic at King Super speaking in tongues. You guys, it's not true that we can't control it. I can speak in tongues at any time I want and I can also resist it any time I want. It's not something that comes upon me. Think about some other gifts, guys. Think about some other gifts of the Spirit. Think about the gift of teaching. Can you control it? Or does teaching just burst from you? Right? Think about prophecy. Can you control it? Or do you just like, and just start prophesying? Think about any gift. Hospitality is a gift mentioned in the Bible. Have you ever found yourself at King Super's going, let me help you with that cart. Let me help you. What do you need? Right here, cereal, cocoa pebbles. Here you go. I just, I just need to be hospitable. Can't help myself. Holy Spirit. That's not the Holy Spirit. So now let's think about these things. Let's think about teaching. How many of us, when we first got the gift of teaching, we were stars at it? How many of us were like, man, I'm just nailing this? My first few sermons were brutal. And I, I was a youth pastor for nine years and got to preach every week. Gift of prophecy. How many times the first time you prophesied, you were just like, oh my gosh, poetic and brilliant. <laughs> we grow in things as we do what? Try. Our daddy loves when we try. Myth number three is just going to pop out of you one day. Too often I've heard this. Well, if God sees fit, if God just sees fit, One day I'll speak in tongues. 
God sees fit. One day it's just going to burst out of me and I'll do it. I prayed for it, Pastor. I prayed for it. You were there. You prayed over me. I didn't get it. So if God sees fit, He'll give me the gift. Friends, He's given you this gift. He's given you the Holy Spirit, so He's given you this gift. He's given you all the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And they're they're there for different reasons. But this one is there to grow in relationship with the Lord and to edify your spirit, man. This one is so personal in its gift to us. And remember we read it says there's, there's varieties of tongues. There's types of tongues. I'm talking about the one now where I'm just alone with God and I'm just singing in the Spirit. There's times I will... This is no joke. I will set my timer on my iPhone to 15 minutes and I will pray and I will start my day this way. I will pray for 15 minutes in tongues before I ever utter a single word of my own knowing. And the days are incredible when I do that. Think about the gift of giving and in context of this whole thing about tongues just popping out. Has anybody ever been passing, anyone tonight, when they were passing the offering bucket, just like, oh my gosh, honey, did you see that? A $20 bill just jumped out of my wallet and into that bucket. That was amazing. Church, God has given me the gift of giving. I prayed for it and I knew one day if He willed that I have the gift of giving that I would flow in it and it just happened. It's amazing. I don't have to do anything. Money's just going to pop out of my wallet. Friends, that's not how it works. There has to be cooperation with the Holy Spirit. You know how a gift of giving comes forth? Out of obedience to the Lord and cooperation. We take out that checkbook and we write just a huge, I mean, we just write a check. Or we go to the PushPay app and we give, we give giving there. Or we, or we reach into our wallet and we say, there's only, there's only five dollars in there, Lord, but I'm going to give a dollar of this to you, Lord God. Out of faith. We do things out of, out of faith. So those are the three myths. So number one, I said tongues is a language. Number two, it's a language of the Spirit. So still in 1 Corinthians 14, so verse 2. And then we're going to read verse 4, and then we're going to jump down to verse 14. So 1 Corinthians 14, 2. For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men, but to God. For no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the Spirit. Down to verse 4. The one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself. But the one who prophesies builds up the church. When we are praying in the Spirit, our spirit man gets built up. Our spirit gets built up. Verse 14 says, For if I pray in a tongue, which right away, if shows that we can control it. If I pray in a tongue, because if we couldn't control it, it would be for praying in the tongues, which happens spontaneously and embarrassingly. But it's not if I pray in a tongue. My spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. Can I just pause right there and say when we're praying in the Spirit and our minds being unfruitful is a good thing. It's a good thing. See, I pray with my mind. I pray out of my knowledge all the time. But when I'm praying in the Spirit and my mind is unfruitful, there are times that's exactly what I need. 
for my mind to not be doing the work, for my mind to not be pouring in its, its own view of knowledge. But just letting the Holy Spirit have His way, letting my spirit man be built up. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. What am I to do? Here's His answer. I will pray with my spirit, but I will pray with my mind also. I will sing praise with my spirit, but I will sing with my mind also. So I'm reading out of 1 Corinthians. Who's the writer of this? Paul. Okay, Paul's the writer of this. This is key because Paul also wrote Ephesians, and we're going to be at Ephesians in a minute. And and this phrase, praying with my spirit, praying in the spirit. When he says, I will pray with my spirit, but I will also pray with my mind. Is there any doubt in our minds that he is talking about praying in English, for us English, praying in our native tongue, and praying in tongues? Do we see this? Singing in our, in our native tongue and singing in tongues. Paul says, I will do both. Friends, and please hear my heart in this, and I, I, I really want to be intentional about saying this kindly. If as I'm reading Scripture and talking about this, if something rises up within you that is angry, that is negative, that is whatever, whatever that face represents, Please ask yourself why, because I'm reading from the Word of God. Please ask yourself why, because I'm reading from the Bible. Paul, the greatest apostle that's ever lived. Paul, who wrote over one-third of the New Testament. Paul says these three things. says, I pray in tongues more than any of you. Then he says, I desire that all of you pray in tongues. And then, well, let's just stop right there. I desire that all of you pray in tongues. Those are not Paul's words. Those come straight from the heart of God. Those come straight from the heart of God. Paul is sharing them, but those come from the Lord. Paul's not boasting when he says, I I pray in tongues more than all of you. He's just stating it. As a matter of fact, and he's like, hey, but there's a time for it. He's like, there's a time for it. And when we're in that public setting, let's edify one another with prophecy. So he's like, hey, I, I do it. But when we're together, let's let the church be edified. And he's like, I desire all of you to do it. If something rises up within us, let's just ask the Lord why. I will pray in the Spirit. I will pray in tongues then my spirit prays. I will pray in my spirit tongues and then I will pray with my understanding, my mind. I will pray in the spirit and I will pray with understanding. I want to pose a question that should concern us. How many of us only pray with our own understanding? Because we aren't praying in tongues. We're praying in the limitation of our own understanding. 
How many prayers of ours are not really being fulfilled because we're only praying with our understanding? There's songs, there's commercials, there's courses of conversation that go along the lines of something like this. And it's, off, it's country songs. Lord, I thank you for unanswered prayers. Friends, there's times we pray things that are not in accordance with the Word of God, the heart of God, or the plan of God. Thank God for unanswered prayers. But I will tell you this, when I am praying in the Spirit, 100% of the time, my prayers are in accordance with the heart of God, the will of God, and the Word of God. See, when I'm praying in English, sometimes they might be manipulative. Lord, I pray for my sister, that you would get a hold of her, Lord God, and you would do this and that and the other and let her know, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Not my heart at all. Not my will at all. I am getting a hold of her. She has my heart. Why don't you pray some grace over her? Why don't, you know, sometimes our English prayers are worthless. There's a story about a pastor in Texas, Robert Morris. And I knew his pastor. And... Robert Morris uh, was baptized in the Holy Spirit, didn't get tongues right away. His wife got tongues right away. So he's pressing in. He's calling out, Lord, if this is for me, you know, give it to me, nothing for months. So one, one Sunday morning, they're getting ready for church, and his wife just smiling. She's just grinning. He's like, what? She's like, nothing. He's like, all right. She's just smiling. He's like, woman, what? What? She's like, I don't want to embarrass you. He goes, okay, would you just tell me already? She goes, well, last night I couldn't sleep. So I got up and I was reading the Word. And when I came back to bed, I heard you. He goes, you heard me what? You were doing it. I was doing what? You were praying in tongues. He's like, I don't believe you. She goes, I'm, you don't believe me. You can believe me or not believe me, but I'm telling you, you were praying in tongues and you were doing it well. So he was completely baffled. So he goes to his pastor. He goes to Pastor Olin and he says, my wife said that when when I was asleep, I was praying in tongues. She woke up, couldn't sleep. She came back in, I was praying in tongues. Have you ever heard of such a thing? And his pastor goes, yeah, I hear about it all the time. It's very common, very common with stubborn people. He goes, excuse me? Oh yeah, it's very common with people that are just set in their ways and stubborn. And then he said, see, because your spirit man wants to pray to God. And if it's got to wait till you fall asleep to do so, to get you out of the way, then that's what he'll do. The spirit desires to cry out to spirit. The spirit desires to cry out to God. Friends, when I am praying in tongues, there's times things will come to my mind and I'll pray those things and I'll just jump right back into it. Or I'll jot those things down and I'll go, if it's my 15 minutes of tongue time, dude, I ain't praying anything in English. I'll jot it down. And then I'll go back to praying in tongues at the end of my 15 minutes. Then I'll pray those things. The Spirit wants to cry out to Spirit. And the result is I get built up. The result is you get built up. Paul said, I pray in tongues more than any of you. He said, I desire that all of you pray in tongues. And then he said this, don't forbid anyone to pray in tongues. And that's all found in 1 Corinthians 14. 
Friends, religion keeps us from praying in tongues because it's one of those things. I mean, there, there's certain denominations that think it's even demonic. Friends, it's the Word of God. It's a gift of the Spirit. It's not demonic. It's not evil. It's not of the enemy. Now, there's times, I'll concede, there's times, plenty of times, decades of times, centuries of times, whatever, that, that it has probably been done out of order. And so, luckily, we got the Word of God to say, ah, done out of order. There's grace. Let's just do it in order. Let's just do it in order. But when I'm talking about praying in tongues for that personal edification as part of your prayer time, guys, you don't need an interpretation. Guys, you don't need an audience. Guys, it doesn't bring confusion. It builds up your spirit, man. Can you imagine the spirit man going, golly, geez, why is he still awake? Go to sleep, la, la, la. Go to sleep, you're so tired. He's almost sick. Yes! I mean, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Hi, Lord. Remember all that stuff that Mark prayed earlier? Yeah, just forget it. He didn't know what he was talking about. That's, his heart was good, but mind was iffy. I don't want that. I don't want to rock crying out because I refuse to praise the Lord. And I don't want my spirit man doing it in the sleep because I refuse to do so when I'm awake. So in that story, Robert asked his pastor, what should I do? What should I do? Because he echoed the same thing. If I'm already doing it, I want to do it when I'm awake. So this is what his pastor said. He said, when you're alone with God, in your quiet time, reading your Bible, listening to a worship album, but in the presence of God, just open your mouth and start speaking syllables that you don't know syllables you don't know and that you didn't form their words and then simply don't resist as you're doing it now I've told you before I do not believe in going repeat should have bought a Hyundai should have bought a Hyundai should have bought a Hyundai should have bought a Suzuki should have bought a Honda you know I don't believe in that but I also know this the Holy Spirit is not going to take my lips and my tongue and be like oh you know he's not there's a cooperation that's needed. My wallet. The Holy Spirit's not going to reach in and take your money and say, be generous. There's cooperation. It's just like anything else in the Christian life. You have to do it by faith. You have to do it by faith. Name anything in our Christian life that we don't have to do by faith. Anything. We are saved by faith. We have to do it by faith. And we receive the things of the Holy Spirit by faith. We walk this out by faith. We're faithful. And we're faithful. And we're faithful. We wake up tomorrow morning and then we're faithful. And we're faithful. And the next day we're faithful and we're faithful. And then one day what happens? We're fruitful. We're fruitful. We're faithful and faithful and faithful and faithful and faithful. And then one day we're like, oh, it takes our breath away. I'm fruitful. Why? Because he's the one responsible for the fruitfulness. We're the ones responsible for the faithfulness. It's just like tithing. The breakthrough comes after obedience. Lord, I, I want to start tithing, but I'm not going to tithe until you show me that it's for real. He's like, no. No, clown, be obedient. It's in my word. I wouldn't have said it otherwise. Be obedient, be faithful. Then you'll see the blessing.
So how do I know this is for all of us? I made that statement. But it's a language, it's a spiritual language, and this spiritual language is for all of us. How do I know that? Because the armor of God is for all of us. The whole armor or the full armor of God is for all of us, not some of us. Because if He equipped some of us with the full armor and some of us with incomplete armor, then that would not be the loving God who we know Him to be. Ephesians 6, 17 and 18 says this, And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit. Who wrote Ephesians? Same guy who wrote 1 Corinthians. Okay, Using the same term here. Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer. Pray with your mind. Pray with your knowledge and pray in the Spirit. And supplication. Part of our armor is praying in the Spirit. This is how I know tongues is for everybody. Praying in the Spirit is for all of us. Because the armor is for all of us. Because we are to walk equipped winning the battle. Jude 1.20 says this. But you, beloved, building up yourselves in the most holy faith and praying what? In the Holy Spirit. Is it possible? Is it possible that you are losing some battles because you're not building yourselves up spiritually? Is it possible that you're losing some battles because you're not putting on the full armor of God, the whole armor of God? Is it possible that you are losing some battles because you're not allowing your spirit to pray. Because you're only praying through your soul. Guys, think about how many soulish prayers we lift up all the time. Think about how many soulish prayers we lift up all the time. Friends, we pray with our soul. Our soul is our mind, our will, our emotions. You know, we're, you know, we're, we're spirit, soul, flesh. You know, it's three parts and our, our soul is made up of three parts. Mind, will, emotions. So I'm going to pray with my soul. I'm going to pray with my mind, my will, my emotions. But friends, we better be praying in the spirit too. Is it possible? that this has been in the Bible the whole time. But that the enemy wants us to lose those battles. So he's used religion to turn us from this so that we are easy prey. So word of God, friends, I didn't make any declarative statement today that I didn't support with the word of God. It's the word, it's life, it's truth, it's Jesus. This is a language. A language in the Spirit. A language in the Spirit that is always in agreement with God. That is always true. That is always lovely. That is always praiseworthy. That always brings blessing and never curse. This is the only language that doesn't have curse words. This is the only language that every word of it spoken is life. This is the only language that contains no death and no negativity. The only language. 
It's always praiseworthy. It always agrees with God. And in this prayer, in this prayer alone, praying in the Spirit, its prayers are always answered. Always answered. When our spirit cries out, when our spirit man prays. After church last week, we were hanging up with some dudes from church and we got on the topic of tongues and Hawk made the comments. He said, man, I noticed that when you're praying in tongues, it always sounds the same when you start. And I thought about that. I'm like, huh. I thought about it. I thought about my prayers in English when we're in corporate settings. And I thought those prayers always start the same way too. Lord, you are so good. I love you and I honor you and I praise you. Lord, I give thanks for who you are. Lord, I yield to you and I praise your holy name. They always start that way. They always start with honoring my God and giving Him praise and giving Him thanks. I thought of the ways I close out every service. Every service. Because some of you jokers look at me funny when I don't do this. When you think I'm not going to do it, you're like, we got 30 seconds for you to do it. I always close out the service with what? The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face towards you and give you peace. I always... So you know what? I'm okay with if my tongues, when, I'm, when I first start off praying, if they always sound the same way. Because you know what? I hope that my spirit man is saying, Lord Jesus, you are awesome. And I glorify you. And I will start every prayer with you, every dialogue with you, by lifting high the name of Jesus and declaring how much I need you. You guys, this is the honest truth. As one of the pastors here at Impact Rock, I want every person at Impact Rock to speak in tongues. The tongues that I just talked about. The tongues where it is personal and it is, is relational and it edifies your spirit, man. And it builds you up. Very rarely in, in a service will you hear me just break out in tongues. But if there was a mic, ask my kids how often I, I speak in tongues. I don't sing in the shower, friends. I speak tongues in the shower. We desire that everyone in this place do the same. And I believe it's for everybody. I do. I believe it's for everybody. So I'm just asking everyone here to have the courage and the faith and the trust in the Holy Spirit to try it, much like Myra. God bless her. She's trying to communicate so hard. Let's try just as hard to communicate to our Father. Let's, uh, let's bow our heads. And right now, just silently where we are, let's just ask this simple question. Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to me right now? What are you speaking to me through your word? And what are you speaking to me through this message? I'm listening, Holy Spirit. So friends, let's just take a second to ask him that. Listen for a response. Maybe you've never prayed in tongues before. And maybe it was with good motives and integrity. Because your thoughts were this. I want it to be God and not me. I don't want it to be me. Friends, that's, that's integrity and that's good motives. I get it. You shouldn't feel condemned or, or guilty over that, guys. But perhaps you didn't understand that in the Spirit, just like anything else, we've got to walk in faith. Like any other gift, we have to step out in faith before we can flow in it. We learn. We grow. 
And this is true of every gift that the Holy Spirit has for us, that He's given us. So with your eyes closed there, and here's what I'm asking you. I don't want you to reply to this right now. That's what earlier was for. I truly believe that. Here's what I'm asking you to do. When you're alone with God, in your quiet time, with your word, in worship, in His presence, with Him, just step out in faith. Submit your tongue to the Holy Spirit. Let Him turn the act of faith of your utterance into His gift of the Spirit of tongues. Holy Spirit, I ask right now that you would just give courage to each one of us, Lord, as we step out in faith, desiring more of you and desiring to walk in the fullness of those wonderful gifts you give us. Give us freedom and give us utterance to every person, Lord God, who has not or who does not pray in the Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.